Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hoppert, an FDNP, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say you can have your carrots and cake, too. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of the Cares and Cake podcast, and thank you so much for being here. I figured I would share my journey with ulcerative colitis today, just some more background info for anybody who is a new follower or doesn't know too much about me besides maybe just finding me on Instagram and what I'm doing there. But yeah, I have had quite the journey over the years. Um, I was diagnosed in 2011, and it has has been a struggle. It has not been a linear straight path in any sort of way, but if you have IBD or an autoimmune disease or a chronic condition, you know it's never a straight path and there's going to be bumps in the road and it's all about resilience and just getting back up and trying again. <laughs> it's, it's hard. So yeah, I just figured I'd give you guys the background. So I was diagnosed in 2011 um, in June, actually a few days before my 31st birthday and And at the time, I really felt like it came out of nowhere. And the more I know about this disease, the more I learn about the body and the research that's coming out, the more I realize it did not come out of nowhere. I am pretty much the poster child for having ulcerative colitis and just the things that I did to my gut. (laughs) And this might not be widely accepted among those who have IBD or autoimmune diseases, but I really do blame myself for this disease or getting this disease. And maybe that's not the right word. Maybe blame isn't the right word. But I very much think my decisions gave me this disease. I mean, everything I did got me to where I am today. And I don't think of that negatively. I really think of that as empowering because, you know, I made these decisions to get me to where I am today. Hey, I can make decisions to get me to a new healthier place that maybe doesn't include this disease. So I 100% believe I can get better and I will not have this disease forever. And I am going to keep trucking until I don't have this disease anymore. (laughs) And I know for some people, they don't think that makes sense or maybe their mindset is just not there. But I was diagnosed with this disease and it took me a really long time to accept it. And I didn't understand why I had this disease or why I had to suffer with it. Um, But many years later, I understand, you know, maybe it was a blessing in disguise, but I have changed my thinking on health in so many ways. I've changed my thinking on mindset and the body, mind-body connection. And I have struggled with the healthcare system and doctors and insurance. And I don't want anyone to go through this. So if I can be an advocate or help anybody along this path, I mean, that's what I want to do. And that's part of the reason I started this podcast, because I want to help women get healthy. And if it includes IBD or autoimmune diseases, I will help and educate in any way that I can. So this is a little tangent. (laughs) Maybe it's just the intro to this podcast. Um, But let me give you a little timeline of how everything went down. So like I said, felt like this came out of the blue, but it definitely didn't. Uh, looking back at just 
what I did over my life. So taking hormonal birth control, taking antibiotics, taking acne medications, um, drinking way too much beer in college and after college, eating gluten. I would say bread was a staple in my diet, just eating conventionally processed crappy GMO bread, (laughs) like not good for your gut, Um, taking on too much, being super duper stressed. And I mean, that's kind of a common theme that you guys will see throughout (laughs) today's story. Um, Just my personality, very type A, very achiever oriented, um, always taking on something new, probably taking on too much. And then also just using, you know, crappy healthcare products and um, just not taking care of myself in a way that I should have. And I really did throw off my gut microbiome. And I think just all of that stress, eventually my body just said enough. And, you know, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And it did happen at a very stressful time in my life. My first book had just come out. I was being asked to do speaking engagements and workshops and things that were very much out of my comfort zone. I was also working part-time. I was hosting a conference with some of my blog buddies. It was just a ton on my plate. And yeah, I just think my my body said enough and boom, ulcerative colitis. And it's so funny because I thought for years it just came out of the blue that I was unhealthy or I was healthy and then I was unhealthy. And I mean, that's not how it was. I mean, I was having GI issues before that. I mean, they did go from very minimal to very drastic and very obvious that I needed help. Um, but that timeline, I don't I don't even know if it matters because I think it had been coming for a very, very long time. So yeah, 2001, diagnosed right before my 31st birthday, Um, and I remember the doctor telling me that I had ulcerative colitis, and in my head, I was thinking, hey, he's just going to give me some medication, and I'm going to get better, and I'm never going to have to think about this again, and you know what? I did. And I mean, he actually put me on steroids, on prednisone, and I did. I got better in a few weeks. I mean, my body definitely felt weaker and I was tired and, you know, my GI system was not 100%. But for the most part, I was fine. And I was supposed to be on medication for the rest of my life. And I remember he gave me, uh, or the doctor gave me a prescription for mesalamine, one of the like over or one of the more low key drugs for ulcerative colitis. And I was supposed to take it every day. And I did for a little bit. And then I just stopped like a dummy. And that's I feel like a big mistake that a lot of people with these chronic diseases make is that they start to feel better and they stop taking their medication. And that was me for sure. And I trucked along for a while um, after that. It wasn't until December of that same year that I was running, or November of that year that I was running um, a marathon and was not feeling 100%, wasn't taking my medication. And I just, pretty much after that, it was just a struggle forever because my body just could not get to a good, healthy place. And I actually think my lifestyle changes and nutrition was probably making it worse. And at the time, I did not realize this. Um, But I had joined CrossFit that December right after I ran the marathon and loved it. Fell head over heels, loved it. I still love CrossFit today. It's such a fun workout. Love the community. Um, But those type of workouts were probably a little too intense for my body. And then also 
going off the whole CrossFit thing, I discovered the paleo diet, which was super hot during that time. And not to say that the paleo diet is a bad diet. I actually think it's a great starting point for a lot of people just because it does get rid of a lot of processed food and sugar and grains and gluten and things that can be really tough on the gut. Um, But I definitely went in hardcore with it. And I think it was a little too hardcore. And maybe some of the things I was eating were not gut friendly. I was just trying to stick to the diet, that type of thinking and not really thinking through what was best for my gut. And I never got better. I mean, that was 2011. I pretty much was sick for two years, a little over two years until I got pregnant in August of 2013. So yeah, a little over two years. And during that time, I tried everything. I mean, I tried, you know, paleo diet, autoimmune paleo, which is even more restrictive, um, acupuncture, every supplement out there, um, yoga, um, I don't even know, different functional doctors, functional testing, food sensitivity testing, which when you're that sick makes zero sense. Don't bother. (laughs) Um, Because I had sensitivities to every single food. It was not helpful in any way. It was basically like, don't eat anything. Um, But during that time, I really relied on steroids. I mean, I was on prednisone and I was feeling good and then I would taper down and I would flare. And I pretty much did that for two and a half years. So it was on prednisone, off prednisone, on prednisone, off prednisone. And of course, my doctor kept recommending biologics and I just was not there. I was really scared to take them. Um, Of course, you hear about all the side effects and just like the whole idea of having like an intravenous drug where you had to go to the hospital and get hooked up to an IV and Remicade's anywhere from, you know, two to three hours of sitting there getting infused. And that whole idea just did not sit well with me. I just thought I could cure myself. If I've just paleoed harder and just focused more on my nutrition, I would get better. And looking back, it's not just the food. And it really isn't. And I really wanted it to be the food. I just feel like having my body be so out of control, that was like the thing I can control. And I really did squeaky clean paleo and autoimmune paleo. There were like no cheats. I was on top of it. And you know what? I didn't get one bit better. If anything, I think I probably got worse because I was so stressed about the diet and what I was going to eat, when I was going to eat, where the food was coming from. And I've talked about this a little bit, but I definitely had some disordered eating patterns. I mean, I was, you know, changing social plans and getting stressed out if I went to somebody's house and they were serving pasta for dinner. Um, I just thought about food and my disease all the time. It was definitely kind of an unhappy time, to be honest. Um, And then that April, um, April 2013, my husband and I went on a vacation to Ireland and it turns out two of our close friends were going to Ireland the exact same week, pretty much the same trip at the exact same time. And we decided to meet up with them. So we went out for beers and, you know, had a great time at some pub and we started talking to them and they told us that they had been struggling to get pregnant for a couple of years and they were probably going to do some sort of fertility treatments or something like that. And in my head, I wanted to have children at some day. I wanted to be a mom, but I wasn't sure 100% if I wanted to be. (laughs) But their story or their situation really almost scared me into 
trying to get pregnant because my body was so unhealthy at that point. I because of the colitis flare um, that I was in this constant colitis flare for two years, but I was so unhealthy at that point that I wasn't sure if I'd be able to get pregnant. So I chatted with my husband and I told him, I'm like, I think we should start trying. I mean, I'm not getting any healthier and, you know, I'm not getting any younger. So maybe this is our time to try to get pregnant. And we did. I was on oral um, contraceptives, hormonal birth control back then, went off in May, probably got my first period in June, and then I was pregnant in August. So, I mean, it was very quick for us. We joked that maybe we didn't think through it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> totally. Um, hey, love our love our son. He is the love of my life. Um, but yeah, we got pregnant very, very quickly. Very lucky to get pregnant, especially having a body that was not at all healthy. So much inflammation, you know, bleeding, multiple bowel movements a day, mucus, just so much blood. It was just rough. So a little TMI for you, but you'll you'll see with <laughs> this podcast is going to be TMI at times because, yeah, ulcerative colitis is not a glamorous disease in any way. But um, got pregnant and went my body went into full remission. It was crazy. And I remember I was on a trip to the Hamptons for the blog and I was there for, I don't know, three or four days. It was kind of, it was one of the longer trips that I had, but I remember being there and just being so surprised that my symptoms were getting better. Um, It was just so strange um, for me because I had been sick for so long. Then all of a sudden I started to get better when I hadn't changed anything at all. If anything, I was traveling and probably not eating as squeaky clean as I normally was, but the blood and the urgency was starting to go away and got home from that trip. Um, my period was a few days late at that point, so took a pregnancy test and lo and behold, I was pregnant. Um, so yeah, went into remission that whole time whole pregnancy, I would say maybe the last few weeks I started to have colitis symptoms again, but I just figured it was, you know, the stress of being pregnant, like a baby and just my body getting ready for labor and delivery. So I didn't think too, too much of it. My doctor did put me on a dose of steroids, which, you know, he said was fine for the baby. Um, It did put me into remission long enough to get through um, labor and delivery. Um, But after I delivered my son, um, things got 1 million times worse. Like, I don't think I'd ever been so sick in my whole life. Just the stress of labor, delivery, and then not really managing those colitis symptoms. I mean, I was in remission, so I wasn't taking my drugs again. Um, I was still on the prednisone, but it kind of just stopped working. And we increased the dose higher and higher. And uh, unfortunately, that made things worse um, because I'm just thinking about back to those early days and having a newborn and just not having regular sleep. I mean, that was obviously affecting my flare situation, but then being on the prednisone and prednisone makes you really like amped up um, and it's hard to sleep on it. So being on like a high dose of prednisone and having a newborn, I was not sleeping at all. Um, and I was also going the bur- the bathroom up to 30 times a day, um, seeing a toilet full of blood and mucus and just 
cramping, the, the worst cramps ever that just like keep you up at night. Um, just they almost make you feel nauseous. Like I never actually threw up from the cramps, but I felt so bad. Just that nauseous feeling um, and trying to take care of a newborn. It was really, really hard time. Um, and when my husband went back to work and it was just me and the newborn or me and my son all day, it was really hard to take care of myself and him at the same time. And I think that's where... I really realized I needed to get on a biologic. I needed to get on these hardcore drugs and get better um, because I couldn't do it. And I mean, I've told this story on my blog, but there was one day that Quinn was crying and I was comforting him and I really needed to go to the bathroom. And I put him in his little rocker chair thing or bassinet and went to the bathroom and he was still crying and, you know, did my thing in the bathroom, came out to get him. And I was right back in the bathroom because I had to go again. And he was still crying. Um, and I just couldn't do anything. Like I was chained to the toilet because of all my symptoms. And I couldn't take care of him. And I remember bringing his little bassinet into the bathroom and just watching him cry and, you know, being in pain, having cramps, you know, bleeding. My insides were just bleeding and it was awful. And I think at that point it was it was a huge turning point for me and just how I view um prescription drugs and just getting help as far as biologics go because that's the thing with biologics um sure they're scary they do have those side effects you know most of them are very very rare um but having your body be in this constant state of inflammation where you are having symptoms is not helping you get better it's making your body weaker and worse and it's no way to live. It really isn't. And I mean, that was probably my lowest point as a mother, um, just because I could not take care of my son. And I was so stubborn that I didn't want to get help. Um, thought I could cure myself and clearly I couldn't. And I remember that probably happened on a Friday. Um, cause I remember nobody was home. It was just Quinn and me. And then I remember calling, my doctor and it was like off hours where I got some other doctor <laughs> and I, I didn't get in touch with my doctor until maybe even the next day um, for him to actually call me back. And he told me, he said, you know, I'm going to admit you to the hospital or you are going to get Remicade, which was a biologic. And he's like, you're going to come here on Monday and get this biologic and you're going to get better. And up until that point, he was very do what you want. You know, this is your body, your decision. My husband was kind of like that, too. Um, of course, they were both pushing me to get this drug that would help me get better. But I was so stubborn and thinking I could just paleo harder and get better. Um, so I think at that point, he was just like, you have to get better. This is ridiculous. You're going to the bathroom 30 times a day. I was having fevers. I had night sweats. I wasn't sleeping um, and I couldn't take care of my baby. It was it was awful. So that was November 2014. Um, so <laughs> you could see how long I went June to November just dealing with subpar health. And ugh, so it's so dumb for me just looking back. I'm like, I can't believe I was that dumb. Um, but during so I went on Remicade. Initially, it worked. There's three loading doses in the beginning and my symptoms did go away um, a little, little bit. I was still 
never 100%, but I was so much better. And then I would go every eight weeks to the hospital and get infusions. They were anywhere from two to three hours. Um, They were, for me, really depressing. I hated that I had, like, succumbed to this disease and I had to get these infusions. Um, And I really didn't like going to the city and, you know, spending my time getting medication and IV drugs and all that. And I wasn't 100%. I mean, I was probably like 75%. So instead of going to the bathroom, you know, 30 times a day, I was probably going to the bathroom five times a day. So I was better, but not 100%. But also looking back, I was training for a marathon. I had a newborn. I wasn't sleeping. Um, So there were still things lifestyle-wise that I was not making good decisions about. And even just my life, taking on too much, taking on projects, taking on new businesses. Um, Like I said before, as much as I wanted it to be just the food, it was so many other aspects of my life and I just was not paying attention to them or I was ignoring them. Um, So I never really got to 100% on Remicade better, but not 100%. And then I want to say early in 2016, so I trucked along for a little bit with Remicade being kind of healthy, and in early 2016, um, I started to get really bad. Um, Remicade was just starting to fail. I was seeing a lot more blood, having a lot more urgency, and then I started getting swollen lymph nodes on the back of my head. So yeah, these drugs can have side effects that aren't the best, but my immune system was not cool with this drug anymore. And thankfully, I had an amazing doctor back then. Um, He actually went to work for Takeda, the company that makes Intivio. So I think he had some sort of ins there. But um, MGH, where I was going at the time, was one of the first hospitals in the area to have Intivio. And he had access to it, or we had access to it. And he said, enough with the Remicade, I'm putting you on Intivio. And so I started that in February 2016. It did take like five months to start working. And I remember being very negative about the experience, being like, oh, another drug that doesn't work. Great, you know. Um, And being on Intivio, I did some bridging drugs like Eucerus and things like that. Still was not 100%, probably at that 75% mark better, but not not 100%. And then that summer, we were on vacation with some of our friends down on the Cape. And again, my symptoms started to get miraculously better. It was just like a few days in a row where I was like, wow, I haven't gone to the bathroom as much. I haven't seen as much blood. And then boom, I was in remission. So from 2016 till now, knock on wood, um, been pretty healthy. And I mean, that's the thing about these biologics. As scary as they are, they do help your body get to a place where it can handle, um, you know, little flares or little blips in your health. And it really does keep your gut healthy. And I mean, the thing about Intivio is that it's gut specific. So it's not affecting your entire system the way Remicade or Humira or one of those other drugs would. It really focuses on gut inflammation. And I'm just thinking about, you know, UC being a gut disease. um, It's all about getting that gut to a good, healthy place where it's strong and the gut bacteria are healthy and things are balanced there. So as much as I 
don't like being on Intivio. I'm very thankful for this drug because it is keeping me healthy and hopefully it's getting my gut microbiome to a good place because it is dealing with inflammation and hopefully it's helping me develop a healthier, stronger gut um, so I can stay healthy. So as much as I was hesitant to be on these biologic uh, biologics, I'm so, so thankful for Intivio. So the story doesn't end there. There's a little more to add. Um, So around that same time where I started to feel better with the Intivio, I developed this gross mucusy cough. Um, And if you Google Intivio and cough, you will see all sorts of posts about this. Um, And I really did think initially it was from the Intivio because I started the Intivio at the same time. I got developed this cough. And this cough lingered for years, for almost three years, pretty much three years, um, and oh, two and a half years, <laughs> almost three years. Um, but it was this gross, mucusy cough where like every single morning I would wake up and just cough up phlegm. And it was just so gross and thick. Um, and I was, you know, doing co- CrossFit at the time. And every single day at CrossFit in the morning, I would cough up this phlegm. I'd have to go to the bathroom, spit it out. And once it was up, I was pretty much good for the day, but I could not get rid of this cough. And of course, I saw all sorts of doctors, primary care doctor, GI doctor, pulmonary specialist, and everybody just gave me meds. They took x-rays, they took samples. Nobody knew what it was. And they basically said, hey, it could be a side effect of the Intivio. It could just be IBD manifesting somewhere else. Here's a steroid inhaler. Take this for the rest of your life. (laughs) And sure, I did that for a little bit because I didn't want to have this gross cough. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, this makes no sense. I should not be coughing up phlegm every single day for the rest of my life taking an inhaler. This makes zero sense. Um, So in the fall of 2019, just last year, I started working with a functional registered dietitian. She's local. Um, somebody recommended her to me. And I think the key selling point was that she took health insurance. And up until this point, I had spent thousands, like tens of thousands of dollars on functional practitioners, other practitioners, and felt like I was just kind of wasting my money. I just never got results. I never got better. And it's not to say there's anything wrong with these practitioners. It's just, I don't think they knew how to help me or they didn't have the right testing or they were just focusing on diet when really ulcerative colitis is like a full body. You got to deal with lifestyle, mindset, like the whole picture. Um, So I never got better. I didn't want to spend any more money. So I started working with this functional dietitian who was, you know, $30 copay or something like that. And she... I told her my whole colitis story, told her about the cough, and she brought up candida. So candida is basically like a yeast infection in your body. So like women who get, you know, yeast infections down there, um, you would have basically a candida overgrowth in your body. Um, And I had never heard of this. I was like, what in the world you were talking about? And we did a candida protocol. And um, there's a whole video on Instagram about it. I think it's on the blog as well about what we did specifically. Um, But we got to the bottom of it. We did an antifungal protocol and it ended up being 28 days long and the cough went away. So that was January last year, January 2020. I did this protocol and haven't coughed up phlegm since. So um, I feel like it's a big success for me because up until this point, kind of nothing has worked <laughs> as far as getting me better. Um, obviously, Antivio has worked, steroids have worked. Um, but, you know, the diet changes, things like that, they really haven't 
got me to 100%. Obviously, the diet is very complementary to the drug, and I will keep eating healthy. I'm not going to just eat crap because I can. Um, I do want to be healthy. But the fact that I got over this cough and I got rid of it and put all the pieces together just is like really empowering for me because all these doctors just kept saying you know, take this drug for the rest of your life. We don't know what's wrong with you. And I just felt like it was such a dead end road. And I just didn't want to accept that, especially being somebody who's active and I need my lungs for running and working out. I just couldn't accept that answer. So um, it just made me feel even more empowered in my journey and my quest to get better. And I mean, the ultimate goal is getting off in Tivio, but I do not have any plans of doing that anytime soon, not until I am 1000% healthy and confident that I don't need the drug anymore. But long story short, um, I just feel like so many women are out there struggling with health issues and getting these non-answers from doctors and getting dead ends. Um, And that's where I just want to come in and help people and help in any way that I can, because I feel like there's always something more you can do. There's always another path for you to take. Um, And it just takes being... (laughs) that annoying patient, um, asking questions, doing your own research and just not giving up. And I mean, that's another reason why I decided to become an FDN because I want to be able to provide functional testing to women and recommendations as far as their health goes. And I know I've said this a couple of times, but really it's never one thing. It's not just your diet. It's just not how you work out. It's not, it's not just one thing. It's everything. It's sleep. It's stress. It's, eating the right foods. It's being happy every day. It's what you use on your body as far as beauty products go. Um, It's everything. It's everything. Everything. (laughs) Just sum it up by saying it's everything. Um, So anyways, that is pretty much my ulcerative colitis story in a nutshell. Um, I do share quite a bit on the blog. So if you are somebody who has been diagnosed, feel free to search the ulcerative colitis tab. There are a ton of posts about what I've done about my journey. Um, I would say some of those posts are probably the posts I'm most proud of because I've kind of like spilled my guts, put it all out there, um, just shared that emotional journey because it can be really hard. So it might be something for you to check out if you are in the same boat. And then there's a few videos on Instagram too that talk more about my experience. But like I said, it's been quite the journey. I'm feeling good now. I'm hopefully going to stay healthy, but I'm always trying new things, trying to stay healthy, um, just doing the best I can as far as my health goes. And I will be sharing these details with you guys because um, it's not easy. It's not straightforward. And I do think there are people and tests and things out there that can get you better. And I just want to make you guys aware of those. Um, So you do feel empowered and you do feel in control of your health journey, especially if you are not getting the answers you want. Um, So yeah, that is all I've got for you guys today. Thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you on the next episode.